Welcome to the latest podcast from Greyfriars Church in Reading. Our vision is to see Reading transformed by the love and power of Jesus. If you'd like to find out more, head online to our website, greyfriars.org.uk. Enjoy. Hi, everyone. I'm Dan. It's great to be sharing with you today as we look at this passage from Luke's Gospel. This passage is known as the Magnificat, which in Latin means my soul magnifies the Lord. It's a very famous passage. Um, it's often quoted around Christmas and Advent because it's the song that Mary sings when she is pregnant with Jesus. And over the last few weeks, we've been thinking about prayer, about what it means to be prayerful, to be honest to God, how we express our emotions and our feelings and our thoughts to God honestly and how we come to him with those things that we're processing. And today we're thinking about joy because this passage here, this song that Mary sings, is an expression of her joy. She bursts out into song to express the joy that she's feeling. Um, and that's when we get these famous words that we've got written here. The beginning of Luke actually plays out like a full-blown musical. You have songs popping up all over the place from the angels, from Mary, from Zachariah. They're all just feeling and experiencing this joy. And so they can't help but burst out into song. They express it in this new and creative way to them. And they sing their songs to God to express their joy. And we don't all have to worship um, and sing our songs of joy. You'll be very pleased to know that I will not be singing to you today. Um, but we do, have to ha we do have that freedom to just express ourselves to God however we are able to, however works with our personalities and our gifts. And for some of those in the Bible, especially at the beginning of Luke, they sing and express their joy to God through their songs. And so with joy as our topic today, we're going to be thinking about what joy is from a biblical perspective, because it's hard to express joy if we can't recognise it in ourselves. In our world, joy and happiness are often seen as very similar things. The words are often used quite interchangeably. It can sometimes be hard to distinguish between them, and that's because the way that they look is often very similar. We smile, we laugh, we sing, we joke, we dance. It's often expressed in the same way, but they're actually quite different, especially when we think about Christian discipleship. One thing that has uh, helped me remember the difference between these two is that happiness depends on happenings but joy depends on Jesus. Happiness depends on our happenings, the stuff that happens to us or around us. We have a good day, the kids go to bed without any problem, we get a promotion, our project gets finished, someone says a kind word to us, or we receive a gift from someone. These kind of things, they make us happy. They depend on the happenings that happen around us. But joy is different. Paul says in Philippians 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Paul says always, not just when everything's going well, not just when the happenings around you fall into place, but always. And Paul wrote that from prison. Isn't, isn't that amazing? His happenings left him stuck in prison 
but his heart was filled with joy. To Paul, he doesn't rejoice because of his happenings, he rejoices in spite of them. This means that we can have joy even without happiness. We can have joy in sadness, in distress, in despair, in pain. Joy can be present with us and in, in those struggles that we face. But it doesn't mean that all is well. It means that you are, that you know who you are and you know who God is. If we seek happiness over joy, we'll just be disappointed because naturally life goes up and it goes down. Relationships, jobs, family, popularity, wealth, all of these things can change in the blink of an eye, just as we have seen over the recent months. Paul's command though is to rejoice in the Lord, because he is unchanging. Malachi 3 verse 6 says, I the Lord do not change. And Hebrews 13 verse 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. Put your hope in God, because no matter what else is going on in your life, through the ups and through the downs, the highs and the lows, he is still God. He is still loving. The work on the cross is finished. The resurrection that brings us from death to life is still real. And the hope of eternal life that with a God who loves you still stands. God keeps his promises. He is faithful. And in him we find joy that transcends our circumstances. As life goes up and down, he remains the same, and in him we find our joy. And just before we go any further, I wanted to um, just say that before we go a bit deeper into this, that what we're talking about today isn't designed to make anyone feel um, guilty about anything. Um, that's completely the opposite of what we're trying to do. I'm aware that there are lots of people who'll be watching this who might suffer from depression or anxiety or some sort of mental health struggle that you're having. And talking about joy can seem really hard um, because it's just harder sometimes to express those things, those emotions, the things that we're feeling. Mental illnesses don't need to be repented of. Struggling with mental health isn't a sin in the same way that you don't need to repent of having a broken arm or a broken leg. These, these illnesses may make joy more difficult to express sometimes harder for us to feel. But because joy is more than a feeling, because it's more of a choice, the opportunity to live in the joy of the Lord is open to us all. But for some of us, that may, might be harder than for others. And so to give us um, a slightly better of how, idea of how joy works, uh, let's go to the garden. I've got an illustration to show you and we'll be jumping around a little bit from now on. When I was in my second year of university, Mel and I were in a long distance relationship um, and she very kindly bought me a geranium plant to look after in my university halls of accommodation and uh, I had no idea what I was doing with this geranium. And so one day Mel said, I'm coming to visit next weekend, it'd be great to see you, obviously. Um, and so I was like, oh no, 
Mel was coming to visit and this geranium is practically dead. I haven't watered it, I haven't cared for it, I haven't given it any sunlight. I haven't, I didn't know what to do with it. And so I went off to Poundland, which was where I often went to shop as a, as a student. And I got myself a packet of six um, food fertilizers, so 30 day food fer fertilizers. And you're meant to put them into the little plant um, upside down and they feed the plant for 30 days. And I thought, what harm could it do? It cost a pound. And what I did was I unscrewed the top and I squirted all six into this plant. Um, and it gave it about a week to then live and thrive. And I thought, brilliant, I've saved my plant and I've saved my relationship. Um, so Mel came to visit and what happened was this plant just received all of these nutrients. It just like crammed in, in, in like a minute. So six months worth of food all in within a minute. And it produced um, no flowers, <laughs> but it made uh, this plant become this gangly thing. And it's literally this one that you can see here. Mel's trying to resurrect it over the time. But for me, what I wanted was a quick and simple and easy one-off solution where I was like, I can make this better really quickly. Um, and I think, if you're anything like me, I, I feel like that with joy. Well, all I want is a quick solution. So I'll hear a talk like this all about joy and I'll be like, right, this week, I'm going to do everything with joy. And I'll go in, sometimes with gritted teeth, being like, yes, I will face this situation with joy. I will come through this with joy. And maybe I need to just be more joyful in my life. And so I'll go through life like that. But that does, doesn't work, does it? Because joy is something that we need to cultivate, a bit like plants and flowers in our gardens. Um, joy needs cultivating. Galatians 5 uh, lists the fruit of the Spirit. It says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all of those. But it lists joy as a fruit, and fruit is something that grows when it's in the right conditions, when it's being cultivated in the right ways. My geraniums never recovered because they weren't cultivated until Mel took care of them, um, but I'd done too much damage to them already. Um, but it never fully recovered and it still doesn't look great. Um, but that's because I never put it in the right conditions, I never cared for it properly. I never made the like make it made it work um, long term I just try to inject loaded loads of food into it straight away and that approach doesn't work with plants and it also doesn't work with joy we need to uh, find ways of cultivating an attitude of joy in our lives it's not just going to spring up overnight we need to create an atmosphere in our lives where it can grow within us we need to be putting ourselves in the right situations for it to grow. And I think Mary did this. We're told a few times in the Bible that uh, Mary treasured these things in her heart. She pondered them um, and she just worked out what it meant to live in a life of joy so that when this moment came along, she was able to flourish and, grow and, and express her joy in the most amazing song. And, and I think that happens with us. We need to work out how long term we can treasure things in our hearts, long term how we can grow and cultivate joy in our lives so that we can become a little bit more like Mary so that when we express our joy, it's just an overflow 
instead of being through gritted teeth. And so over the next few uh, minutes, I'm just going to share a few tips with you. Um, three tips, and they all begin with the letter P. So our first tip for cultivating joy in our lives is our proximity to Jesus, how close we are to him. I feel like we've all learned a few lessons during lockdown. Uh, the first one being that most Brits are very concerned about the amount of toilet roll they own. Um, the second one being that you should always be very careful when filming next to a candle. And the third one being that Zoom is just a very poor substitute for actually meeting people face to face, to spending time with people in person. And we've all felt that distance from people, haven't we? It's been hard for lots of us who felt so disconnected from people. And part of the reason for that is that joy comes from relationships. Relationships bring us joy and we can't fully express our relationships all the time through online channels. We begin to feel um, disconnected and isolated and actually, we just long for relationships. How many of us have spoken about that day when we'll be able to come back together and embrace one another and hug our friends and our families? Because there's a sense of joy that comes with being close to others. Being close to people really matters. And the same is true with Jesus. As we draw near to him, our joy will grow. Our joy will just become more available in our lives because we are close to Jesus. And if we think about the beginning of Luke, where Mary's song takes place, we see people who come really close to Jesus and then they express their joy. Obviously, you've got Mary who is carrying Jesus in her womb. And so she is very close to Jesus um, and she expresses her joy through this song. But she has also visited um, her her sister, Elizabeth, and Elizabeth is pregnant with John the Baptist. And she says that when Mary walks in, when Mary and uh, when Mary walks into the room, her baby in her womb just leapt for joy. John the Baptist leapt for joy in the womb. And that's just amazing. He was just physically close to Jesus. And Elizabeth got to express that um, to her. Then we think about the shepherds. So Jesus is born in this manger and the shepherds come to visit and they um, express their joy at meeting this baby. And they're like, wow, they just are amazed and they go away praising God and sharing the good news around all of their lands. And then uh, Jesus is presented at the temple and they meet, they meet an old guy called Simeon who comes up and he starts singing, just like Mary did. Uh, singing with praise and, and worship and joy because they, he is close to Jesus. And then Anna, a prophetess in the temple as well, does the same. And she comes along and expresses her joy about meeting Jesus as well because being close to Jesus brings joy all of these people drew near to Jesus and they received joy and the same is true of us in the same way that I need to get close to this candle um, I didn't have a fire pit so we're just making do with a candle but I have to be close to this candle to this fire in order for it to warm my hands I need to be close to Jesus to feel the joy of Jesus I need to actually draw near to him so my first tip is just to draw near to Jesus, come close to him um, and live close to him in relationship with him and you will be um, filled with more joy. You will create that environment and that cu culture in your life that is just more filled with joy.
Our second tip for how to cultivate joy in our lives is all about a change of perspective. So we are looking away from ourselves and instead looking towards God and towards others. Our culture is wired to think about ourselves. We are the selfie generation. I'm recording this on a selfie camera using an iPhone. Everything about that screams that it's all about me. But Mary's prayer, if you have it there, it'd be great to open it and read it, is all about looking outwards. It's all looking towards God and looking towards others. There is great humility in her words. She says that God has remembered her humble state as a servant. She's a servant for God. She serves him, she serves those around her. Her focus, her perspective is one that looks outwards. And then she turns her attention towards God and all that he has done for Israel, for the mighty deeds that he has done in her land. And she focuses on him. In all of her anticipation, expectation, her huge mix of emotions about having a baby, about being divorced potentially, about raising the son of God, about how her community will reject her. All of these emotions are stirring round her heart and she doesn't once even mention them. She doesn't even mention the fact she's having a baby. Her perspective is all focused outwards. And from that place, she is able to express her joy. And so today I want to encourage you to focus outwards, to grow joy in your life by looking around, by taking the attention off yourself and focusing your selfie cam to flip it and use the camera on the back of your life and look at others instead of yourself. And that is the way in which we can grow joy. Our third tip for cultivating joy in our lives and to grow joy is to be permeated, to be filled with God's word. We've all heard it said that you are what you eat, but also we are what we think. And for some of us, we're also, we are what we scroll. But Romans 12 verse two says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see, transformation, it starts in the mind, and the mind is so impacted by the media that we consume, the stuff that goes in to our mind and our heads. The media that we consume defines us, it starts to change us and transform us. And for Mary, it was all about the scriptures. What was Mary's Instagram? It was the word of God. What was her Netflix? It was the Old Testament. She absolutely loved it and she consumed it. She binged on the Bible. She was captivated, her heart was captivated by the word of God. And how do we know this? How do we know this to be true? Well, if you read through her prayer that we've been reading and looking at today, you see that there are echoes of four different Old Testament passages in there. It echoes 1 Samuel 2, which is Hannah's prayer, which shouldn't be a surprise because it's all about the miraculous conception of a child. But then also um, Mary puts in uh, Psalm 22 and Psalm 44 and Psalm 103 as well. She just overflows with God's word as she speaks her joy. For me, um, what comes out of my mouth is often just witty one-liners from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I wish I was more like Mary. Now think about it like this. 
Um, I've got a sponge here, and I'm going to fill it with some water. Now, when I squeeze this sponge out, it would be ridiculous to think that anything other than water would come out. Imagine uh, Coke came out, or uh, wine came out of this. That would be ridiculous. We wouldn't think that would be the case, because what goes in is what's going to come out when it's squeezed. And the same is true of us. That what goes into our lives will also come out when we're squeezed, when stuff happens in life, when we try and express ourselves. That's what comes out, it's what has gone in already. Mary was overflowing with the scripture, she must have meditated on it day and night. And that's what I want to be like. I want to be more like Mary in this, permeated with God's word. And so um, I would love to invite you this week to join me in listening to the Bible on Zoom every lunchtime. We're going to listen for 45 minutes, grab your lunch and come and listen with me because that's what I want more of my life. Instead of watching TV this week with my lunchtime, instead I'm going to listen to the Bible and invite anyone who wants to come and listen as well. And just be transformed to let the word of God go into our body, into our mind, into our head and into our heart. And then for us to be transformed and changed by his love through us. So joy is something that needs to be cultivated, it needs to be grown in our lives, it's not just going to happen. And we grow joy by drawing close to Jesus. We grow joy by changing our perspective and looking outwards towards God and towards others. And we grow joy by being filled with God's word. And the result of this joy in our lives is strength. Nehemiah 8 verse 10 says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And down through the ages, this has been the Christian testimony. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Rejoicing in God brings much needed strength, especially at this time of uncertainty and where we're so easily shaken. Think about it like this. When I was uh, a kid, my dad had a guitar and I was really interested in learning how to play. And so one day I picked it up um, and I plucked a few of the strings and I thought, oh, I really want to have a go at this. Um, but it hurt my fingers. No one would teach me. I had no one that would play. Um, and I didn't enjoy what I was doing as so I put the guitar down and I didn't learn at all. I just didn't have that joy that was associated with learning it. And then um, I went to uni and I picked up a, a guitar and a friend said, oh, I'll teach you how to play that. And I just love spending time with this friend who was teaching me how to play. I got through the finger pain um, and I, I, you know, in the last few years I've become a Christian and so I uh, had a reason to sing. And there was so much joy with learning this new skill that I persevered and carried on. And that's what God's joy is for us. It gives us the strength that we need to carry on, to persevere. And as we cultivate this joy, we start to express to God how we feel. We know that he'll strengthen us through this joy. Joy isn't just for the good times. It's also for the times when life is just rubbish, when we go through the storms. And there'll be lots of people watching this who are going through storms now and and I feel God really wants us to rejoice in him even through the storms.